Y'all give God a good hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Welcome to Pentecost Sunday. Amen. I love what God is doing here at TWBC through the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's amazing everything that God has happening. And so, hey, as you're beginning to open up your Bible to the book of Acts chapter number 8, the book of Acts chapter number 8, I'm going to make a special announcement real quick over the next few minutes. And so I want to uh, encourage you guys as God is using, uh, doing things in your life that there's always a time that God opens doors and when he opens doors for people, we want to celebrate what God is going to do in their life as they step through those doors. And uh, a couple weeks ago, guys, I'm getting a lot of feedback. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, Pastor Mitch and Miss Andrea went on a, a vacation right before Easter, and um, they knew God was stirring in their heart. They knew God was stirring something uh, in their spirit, but when they were able to get away and just get alone with, with God, God began to speak into their life, and, and God began to tell them that a new door is opening for their life. And, and with that, he told them that you need to go back and talk to Pastor Joel and, and inform him that their season of leading worship at TWBC is coming to an end. And so... Um, yeah, it's not easier the second time. So I'm going to give you a hug just like the first time. <laughs> I love you guys, man. It's going to be good, man. Come on, they've been here 10 years. Give them a better hand clap than that. Come on. Price, we ain't forgot about you. We love you too. You're just on the other side over there. So yeah, we've been doing this thing 10 years, Mitch. Half the time of TWBC's existence, you've been our worship pastor. And many of you haven't ever had a worship experience at TWBC without Pastor Mitch leading the worship set. Uh, he began to take over the, the worship team when we had a, on a great Easter attendance, about 250 people. That means we had about 120 people on regular attendance when uh, he took over and, and began to, to walk this thing out with us. And, and man, I, I, words can't express how grateful I am for all that you've done, for all the growing pains that we've gone through, all the opportunities that, that we've had to do ministry together conferences we've gone to buttoned heads a couple times maybe but it's well worth it and i love doing life with you guys and so um as god's opening this door for their life uh you're saying well what's he gonna do what's the next door we don't know yet they just knew God has told them that, that this season of leading worship at TWBC is is coming to an end so by faith they're stepping out by faith, they're stepping out to seek God what their next call on their life is. And so um, we want to seek God with them. Amen. They're still part of the TWBC family. They're still our friends. They're still our brother and sister in Christ. They're still, this is still home for them. And so we want to bless them. We want to pray with them in this process. And so Mitch is going to lead worship all the way through June 30th here at TWBC. And that afternoon um, on June 30th, we know uh, we got um, camp signups so that day. And then we got the SummerSlam kickoff at Splash Kingdom that night at 630. But at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we're going to have a special appreciation and reception for Pastor Mitch uh, and Miss Andrea for all their years of faithful service at TWBC, for all the things they've done. And we want to give you the opportunity to be able to come and visit with them and be able to share 
shake their hand, give them a hug, give them a love gift of some kind, bring them a present, bring them a cake, bring them whatever you want to. Let them know how special they are. Okay, maybe not the cake. They're, they're watching what they're eating. So, so let them know how special they've been to you and how much they mean to you because y'all mean the world to me. And I'm going to continue to walk with you guys the next weeks, months, years of your life. And so I, I can't ever say thank you enough. Can't repay you enough. And just know that I'm honored. I'm honored to be your pastor. I'm honored to have you stand on this platform and lead worship. Andrea, it's been an honor having y'all at our house for dinner. Man, I love it. And the good thing is it's not over. We can still do all these things. And we love it. And we love you. And so with that, um, as one door opens for them and they're taking a step of faith, it also opens up a door at the church for somebody else to step up and step in and uh, take a big step of faith. And there's been a guy who's been in the church for uh, about a year and, um, and he's been serving behind the scenes in a lot of areas, but he's got great, um, great uh, abilities and talents and, and anointing on his life. And so uh, Chad Copel, if you'd stand, you're going to be taking over the worship responsibilities here at TWBC. And Chad, we're honored to have you come and be a part of the team at TWBC. And we know you got big shoes to fill. <laughs> we know you got, we know you got a, a lot of a big steps to take, but I know you can do it. And I know God's calling you uh, into this moment, into this time. And, and I'm grateful for Pastor Mitch being able to help do a healthy transition. And guys, at TWBC, we wanted you to see this transition. We wanted to show you that when God calls you to do something... You don't just have to incognito slide out under and leave and, and, and do it. There's a healthy way to transition into the next step of your life. And we want to help them with a healthy transition into the next step in their life and help Chad with a healthy transition in the next step of his life and pray for your pastor because this is a big transition for me in my life, right? <laughs> I mean, and so the message that God has for us today, it's amazing how God do this day and lined up the message with, with this scenario and this announcement of all that he's doing right here at TWBC because the message today uh, is exactly about those type of things. When God begins to stir the nest, when God begins to send you out to a place that, that may make you uncomfortable, and you may not know where you're fully headed in the process, but he's always got his hand on you in the process of doing it as well. And so, um, Chad, I'm forever grateful for you being in my life. Chad was my youth pastor, right? Come on, isn't that awesome? Full circle. And Chad, Chad preached a message one time that I'll never forget. I was about 16 or 17 years old, and we were playing volleyball, and he called us all together and, and fed us all pizza, and he began, to, he began to preach a message outside under an oak tree. And as he was preaching this message, it was about the five loaves and the two fish. And as he was preaching this message, Chad, you made a statement that changed the course of my life, and I remember it to this day. You said these exact words. He said, expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. And Chad, that phrase has hung with me throughout these 20 years at TWBC. It hung with me when I stepped out and received the call to plant a church. And I have always had an a, a expectant hope in Christ Jesus that he is still the God that can overcome the impossible. He is still the God that makes all things possible if we'll just believe. And with that, Chad, you, you've always had an impact on my life. So it's going to be an honor to serve with you, just as it's been an amazing honor to serve with, with Pastor Mitch. And so can we just seal this time with a prayer Amen. and what God's doing? And, and, and y'all, some of that section, just flood Pastor Mitch and Miss Andrea, surround them, go lay your hands on them. Seriously, get up and go lay your hands on them. I mean, that, that wasn't flood. And, and all you guys over here, you guys lay your hands on Chad. And God, we want to see you do something amazing. 
We thank you, God, for healthy transitions. We thank you, God, for the next step of Mitch and Andrea. We thank you that they're called for such a time as this. We thank you, God, in this moment, in this time that is sacred and holy in the kingdom of God. God, we want as a church, as we know there's an apostolic anointing on our church to send people out, we want to send Mitch and Andrea out into the next step of their life with great courage, with great faith, with great anointing, and we want to do it in a way that blesses them. More than that, it blesses you, Father. So God, I pray for your hand to rest upon them. I pray for you to lead and guide and direct them all the days of their life and in their next steps especially. God, I pray tonight that when they go home, they hear from you clearly on what their next step is. They know exactly where they're going and exactly what they're called to do. And Lord God, I thank you for helping them fly like never before. And God, we lift up Chad and we lift up his wife, Christy, and we thank you as he's stepping in, Lord God. I thank you that you made his shoulders strong for the task at hand. I thank you, Lord God, that you're as an anointing right now. I just declare it coming up on you, Chad, to love on people like you've never loved before, to lead us into worship like we've never been led before. Chad, that you would walk in an anointing of God that's beyond anything you ever imagined, and God begins to pull out the God callings on the inside of you. Chad, I prayed this over you before, but I'm going to pray it again. Chad, I'm calling you higher. I'm calling you to step into your destiny. I'm calling you to step into the fullness of what God's called you to do. I thank you that it's an honor to do life with you. I thank you for the impact that you've had on me in the past. And I thank you that, that God, you'll give us a grace as a church to walk through this healthy transition in a way that glorifies and honors you. And we will pastor well throughout the next weeks, months, and years as we see your glory made manifest in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe those prayers this morning, give God a great big hand clap of praise today. Amen and amen. So the title of this morning's message is called The Village. The Village. And we're in a series called Boxes right now. And with that, the box that you are in when people meet you can become the prison that they hold you to. The box that you are in when people meet you can become the prison that they hold you to. And throughout this series... You're going to hear me use this phrase, and it's the phrase of meet me because I'm different than when you met me. Let me get outside the box. Pastor Mitch and Miss Andrea are completely different people than when I met them 10 years ago. They've grown. They've gotten outside of the box. I'm a completely different person than when many of you met me five years ago, seven years ago, two years ago. So I'm asking you to look at people around you with fresh eyes and meet them for who they are today. Meet them for the God callings in their life today and let them get outside of the box that you first met them in. The challenge of growing outside the box of you and the challenge of growing outside the box of others is to expose the gifts of God that are inside of you. And so if we're ever going to see the gifts of God come to fruition, we've got to get outside of the box that I've kept myself in and that other people keep me in from time to time. And it's to expose the gifts of God on the inside of me. And so as I've titled this message this morning, The Village, we know that there's an African proverb that says this, it takes a village to raise a child. Amen. Can y'all relate to that? It took way more than me and my wife being good parents to end up with pretty good kids. Amen. Amen. It took a lot more than you guys raising good godly kids for you to become who you are. And so with that, it takes more than just a good parent. It takes a complete sociological environment to raise a child. It takes churches. It takes schools. It takes coaches. 
It takes lifestyles to raise a child and to see them become all that God would call them to become. The problem with some things, though, is that the box that the child was formed in, if we don't let them grow outside of that box, they'll never become all that God has called them to become. And the cautious thing that I want to caution you about, we must beware because the culture that raised you can become the handcuffs that restrict you. The culture that raised you can become the handcuffs that restrict you. And in the culture you're in today, I want to ask you, is the culture a healthy culture that people are letting you grow and become all that God's calling you to become? Or is the culture you're in like a bucket of crabs? You don't have to put a lid on a bucket of crabs. Because the minute one begins to climb and get towards the top, the other one pulls them down to get another leg up so they can get out the top. And so I want to ask you, is the culture that you're living in, is it a healthy culture that lets you get outside the box? Or is it a culture of people that will not let you change and will not let you grow into your destiny? See, when Pastor Mitch came and told me this announcement, I could have flew off the handle. I could have lost my ever-loving mind and said, no, you've been with us for 10 years. You can't go. God's about to do something great. God's about to explode. I could have been a crab pulling him back in the bucket, or I could have been a platform that says, how can I help you soar? How can we help you succeed? How can we help you get into the God calling in your life? And so in this, we must beware that the culture that raised you can become the handcuffs that restrict you. The opening scripture I want to read today is in Acts chapter number 8, verse number 1. Acts chapter number 8, verse number 1. And this is just six chapters after Pentecost Sunday where the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened, where 3,000 people got born again and it quickly grew to 5,000 people. This is just six chapters after that moment. And the Bible says this in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. So there were more than 12 disciples at this time. You had, the, you had the 11 original. Judas had already passed away. They were making other disciples, and a great persecution hit the church. And it scattered a lot of the believers to all the regions around Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and even farther beyond. But if we'll remember what Jesus said... Jesus said this before he ascended. He said, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. So what Jesus prophesied wasn't really happening. And so if it wasn't happening by their own will in them going, something occurred to make them go. And with this, God began to stir the nest, as you'll say to create what he wanted to be created, and that's a church that was building locally as they were going outside of their local platform or their box that helped them create the culture. And so as we jump into this morning's message, I want to talk to you uh, just a little bit about what was happening there. The disciples were more than 12, and they were all staying in Jerusalem. Now, this is where the Holy Spirit fell. This is where 3,000 people got saved and quickly grew to 5,000. This is where they were doing miracles, and the church was gathering in homes. They had their own form of group life, Pastor Jeff. They were gathering in homes. And they were seeing things happen. They were selling their possessions. They were giving everything they had to the poor. The church was successful at meeting all the needs of the city, the Bible says. 
And what God used to bless them, though, in the beginning, he would not allow it to incarcerate them in the end. So the very place of their comfort, the very place where the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened in Jerusalem, the very place where they saw Jesus ascend, the very place where the first 3,000 got born again, the very place where it grew to 5,000, the very place that was comfortable to them and people were gathering to them, God said, I'm not going to let the genesis of my movement become the prison that captivates you. I'm not going to let my starting point that was a blessing to you become the prison that incarcerates you. And a lot of us, you're wondering what's going on in your life because the very place that God launched you and blessed you, you've tried to stay there the rest of your life when he probably is saying there's a stirring going on in your life and it's time for you to get outside of your regular box and become who I've called you to become. And so with that, God, God want, what God used to bless them, he would not allow to incarcerate them. And I'm going to ask you this, whenever you begin to make decisions like Pastor Mitch and Miss Andrea have made, like I've had to make in my life, like Pastor Jeff and, and, and Miss Amy have when they moved from Tulsa to Texas, people are going to begin to uh, uh, say things and knock you and even mock you when you try to get outside your box. So let me ask you this. What do you do when the village that used to love you turns vicious against you? What do you do when the very people who said you got this now saying you're crazy? What do you do when the village that gave you your platform now becomes the bucket of crabs trying to pull you back down? What do you do when the village goes violent? When the village that you had your place of comfort, that you had your place of, I love this and I don't want to leave, what do you do when it turns on you? I'm amazed that we live an hour from Oklahoma, we live an hour and a half from Arkansas, we live basically an hour and a half to two hours from Louisiana, and some of you have never left Hopkins County. You love this box. <laughs> And you will defend this village. When milk protesters come, I'm telling you, you take it to the Facebook. Come on, somebody. You love, I mean, love, love, love this box. But what about when God calls you outside the box? What about when he calls you to north of the border and Oklahoma? And what happens when you get there? And it's not the promised land of Texas. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I love all you people outside of Texas watching online. Get here as quick as you can. You're welcome. <laughs> Plenty of space for you. What do you do when he's calling you beyond your borders, outside your box, and you're now going to a place where not everybody's like you, where not everybody celebrates you, Jason? Where not everybody sees you when you walk into the grocery store and not everybody knows your name. What do you do when you walk into a restaurant and you begin to bow your head and pray and people persecute you rather than praise you? You don't even got to get outside of Texas to have that. You just got to go four hours south to the capital. Come on, somebody. 
and lifestyles are completely different. You don't even gotta go four hours south to the capital. All you gotta do is go sit at any mall in their food court area and you're gonna realize very quickly you're out of the box of Northeast Texas. Come on, somebody. And some of you are so uncomfortable outside this box that you rush home as quick as you can and you're never leaving the box. What if God's calling you outside the box? What if he's telling you to get outside of your village? What if he's telling you that the platform that you started on was not the finished product, but it was the launching point, but you don't ever want to get off the foundation? What do we do? Because the box is comfortable. The box, your village, is what you know. You're good in your box. You don't got to worry. Some of you ladies don't have to worry in your box because you can walk into Walmart with no makeup on because everybody knows you because it's your box. Come on, somebody. Hair in a messy bun. Some of you men don't have to worry. You ain't got to brush your hair. You can put a ball cap on backwards and walk outside your house and not have to worry because it's your box and in your box everything is good. Everything's comfortable. Everything is on cruise control in your box. When life gets on cruise control in your box, get ready because more than likely you're going to fall asleep. And Jesus says, blessed are those who are awake when their master comes. Not asleep. See, in your box, you're agreed with. Everybody agrees with you in your box. If you don't like it or they don't like it, all you got to do is hit unfriend. (laughs) Come on. And, and, And church... We've got to get over the Facebook offense. Somebody didn't comment on your post. Get over the offense. Somebody didn't friend me. Get over the offense. Somebody blocked me. Get over the offense. Come on. Somebody rejected you. Get over the offense. But in your box, everybody agrees with you. In your box, everybody loves you. In your box, everybody celebrates you. And if they don't, you can unfriend them. You can have them unfollow you on Twitter. You can hide their Instagram page. You don't even have to worry about them because you only want in your box the people that are like you because they agree with you. And if you only are around people that agree with you, you are living a dangerous lifestyle because the village that raised you and agrees with you and loves you, Marcus, and celebrates you, Marcus, and tells you how awesome you are, Marcus, can give you a false sense of security sometimes about the way the world really is around you. And when you get out of the house and go out on your own and nobody's celebrating you, have we lived with such a false sense of security about the world around us that we never want to get outside the box? We never want to get outside of our comfort zone. Your social construct, the village, the community, your sphere of influence, your people can give you a false sense of security of the world around you. The only reason that you're not being criticized and challenged in your life is that you haven't left your village. Leave your Facebook village and get on a page with somebody who disagrees with you 
and tell them about the love of Jesus and see if you can deal with the criticism that comes back at you when they call you a bigot and a hypocrite and you don't even know them and you're offended by Facebook. And you ain't really been outside the village because you hadn't really personally done something. You're just testing the waters. When we will get outside of our village, and what do you do when you're in a place where nobody agrees with your doctrine? Where nobody agrees with your theology? And I love the song our worship team did this morning, King of My Heart, because that song impacted my life. Not when I was in Sulphur Springs worshiping in a great comfortable cathedral or a great comfortable worship setting or this great auditorium that we have. It's not when I was here worshiping did it impact me. It's when our team was stranded in a blizzard on the mountain of Bhutan trying to get to India that we had nobody to communicate with and everybody around us was Hindu and they don't really like us even though it's not, even though it's not publicized as much. They don't like us as believers and nobody's celebrating you and all you can do is say, but you are good, you are good and you're never gonna let me down and we're we're gonna make it to India and the conditions in India were worse than the blizzard and I wish we were back in the blizzard but you're still good and you're never gonna let me down come on somebody get outside of your box the only reason believers stay comfortable and really get complacent is because we haven't got outside of our box we haven't got outside of the normal things in our life what if God, what if God, what if God is trying to grow you beyond your box in your village? What if he's trying to grow you beyond your box, beyond your village, Mike? What if he's trying to grow you beyond Hopkins County? What if he's trying to grow you beyond the state of Texas? What if he's trying to grow you beyond the south part of the United States of America where largely it's still the Bible belt? What if he's trying to grow you beyond your village, beyond your box where not everybody is like you? What if God is trying to get you outside of your village where everything you say is not celebrated but now it's scrutinized? We're preaching a message from a platform isn't, woohoo, we love you, pastor. It's, you're hoping to make it out of here alive. And you don't even get to, got to get outside of America for this. This is right here in our homeland. What if what you do is not encouraged anymore, but it's now controversial? What if when you sit down to pray at lunch, you get persecuted instead of praised? Will the criticism that you encounter in life Will it hinder you from taking the next step of faith? But what if God is trying to grow you outside of your box? What if he's trying to build up a spirit of resistance on the inside of you? I love CrossFit. Y'all know this. And I drag my kids to CrossFit. Because I want them to experience resistance in their life. I want them to experience what it's like to have to push through something when you don't feel like doing more push-ups. I'm really not a drill sergeant, I promise, okay? I want them to feel what it's like when you are tired of running, but you gotta keep running because you didn't run in a circle. And you ran a distance out, but now you gotta run the distance back. And I remember me and my wife having a conversation several years ago 
when our kids were about to enter school and there was this religious prayer in school movement going back on and, and, and she asked me my thoughts on it and I said, baby, I don't really have a thought one way or the other about what the school system decides to do with prayer being in the school because it's our job as parents to teach our kids how to pray. Not just in good situations, but in adverse situations. It's our job as parents not to shield them from all resistance, but to let them experience resistance in a safe environment so that way when they're on their own and they encounter real resistance, they'll understand that mommy and daddy taught us about resistance, that not everybody is always for us. And I told her this. I said, I hope that if this ever happens and a student of another religion wants to come and be in the school system with my kid, I hope that they would sit them right next to my son. Because I believe in a God and have so much faith in the God that's in my son's life that my son will have a spirit of faith about him that will override the God, the false God that's in his life. And my son will lead this kid to Christ, not because we avoided him, but because we sat next to him and they experienced the resistance of it. And we overcome. What if God is trying to grow you outside of your box? The box of resistance to where it's not comfortable. And I want to ask you this. What if he put you in a place where no one agreed with you about anything? Are you strong enough? Are you tough enough? Are you determined enough to survive outside of the village of TWBC? And my greatest concern as a pastor is that we do such good preaching and we do such good worship here and I know how good it is because I've been all around the world and I know that the power of God hits here. Are, but, but are we training people to be tough enough, determined enough, have enough grit on the inside of them when they get outside of this box? They're not wimps for the kingdom of God, but they're powerful outside of the box. You don't build strength inside the box. You get encouragement in the box. You feel loved in the village. You get healing in the village. But your training is when you go to talk to somebody about Jesus outside of the box. And my biggest concern is, are we creating people who can survive outside the box? Because TWBC is a place where life change happens. And I am determined that we are going to create believers that cannot just survive, but thrive in adverse conditions outside of this box that we're in this morning. And so the village that you are in, God does not want the place that he started you, that he blessed you with, to become the prison that confines you and incarcerates you. He wants to make it a place where you can experience him, where you can encounter him, but then go with it because you are trained on how to go. Has our dependency on the box, on the village, stopped us from being the person that we could be? Has the need for validation from the people in our village made us vulnerable and ineffective? Have the people around us, because they validate us so much, made us so vulnerable that we're ineffective for the kingdom? And what I mean by that is many people are more concerned by how many likes they get on their Facebook or Instagram post and the validation they get from that than the vulnerability that is causing them for the dependency of somebody else's validation rather than hearing the voice of Almighty God and going out into an adverse situation. Yes, good. Good. Wow. 
has our need for validation from the village caused us to be vulnerable and not impactful or effective for the kingdom of God? Pastor Mitch, I, I know all too well the thoughts that have gone through y'all's heads the past month. I know all too well the things that you're dealing with and fighting with because even though we planted this thing 20 years ago, it seems like just yesterday. And I still remember the, the people who said, Joel, you're stupid for stepping away from this job that you're getting paid $30,000 a year at and you had insurance and you had benefits. You're stupid for stepping away and starting a church and having to mow lawns to supplement your income. You're stupid. If my validation had come from them, I would have never started the church. If my validation had come from the village that I was working in, in the corporate setting, I would have never come to the place where I, I would hear the voice of God and become who I was called to become. And so I don't want people's validation to be the thing that keeps you vulnerable and ineffective. I want you to hear the voice of God and let him be your validation that you've heard God, that you're called by God, that you're stepping out by God, and that you're doing the work of God. And we're blessing you as you do the work of God. I want your validation to come from God, that we hear from God together. And I'm saying, I'm letting you soar and get out of the village. Because it takes courage to get out of the village. He could have ignored God's call, and we had it on Easy Street, Mitch. We've talked about this several times in the past. We could have pushed cruise control because everything's good in the village. But what happens when Deuteronomy 32.11 happens, and God begins to stir the nest? What do I mean by that? Deuteronomy 32.11 is this. It says, like an eagle that stirs up its nest that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings and catching them, bearing them up on its pinions or its feathers or wings. What happens when the eagle, God, begins to stir the nest in your life because you've gotten too comfortable with the validation and now you're becoming a victim to their validation rather than becoming victorious because of the voice of God? What happens when he begins to stir the nest? See, an eagle's a funny creature. Because when an eagle builds a nest, it's pretty elaborate what they do. They build it for about six weeks. The male and the female eagle spend about six weeks building this nest with big sticks. They usually do it in the tops of trees or on the side of a cliff. And as they're building this nest, they make a strong structure on the outside. But then they get grass and they get moss and they get other vegetation and they put it all on the inside to make it soft. And then they get their own feathers and they bed the bottom of the nest. So when the eaglets are born, they have a place of comfortableness in their nest or their box. There's a place of comfort for them. But about 12 weeks into the process, Brian, about 12 weeks into this, the eagle starts destroying the place of comfort. They start pulling out the feathers in the bottom of the nest and throwing them over the side. They start pulling out sticks and the nest gets pointy and the nest gets uncomfortable and the nest gets where they want to have to move because there's not a place of comfort anymore. God said he was the eagle that stirred the nest right here for the tribe of Benjamin. What happens when God begins to stir your nest? See, we're concerned about our comfort in Christ. God is concerned about our character in Christ. 
And you will never know your character in a place of comfort. You'll only know your character in a place that's uncomfortable. And you'll never find out how hard it is to become who God's called you to become in a comfortable place. See, in the box, my wife didn't know I was stealing the couch blanket and the couch cushion, that this is the softest blanket ever. And it is comfortable to sleep on. But what happens when God removes the blanket? What happens when the box of comfort becomes uncomfortable? And some of us have been rebuking the devil about the storm that you're going through when it was God stirring the nest. And you need to press into your quiet time. And what I mean by that is you don't go complaining to God about the uncomfortableness of your situation. Go to God and say, God, what am I learning and developing through this situation that is causing my character to become greater than my comfort? But a lot of us would rather be comfortable than to have good character. Because it doesn't take a lot of, uh, 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 it doesn't take too much comfort to lose your integrity. But it takes character to keep your integrity when it's uncomfortable. If we are only concerned as a church about comfort and we're not willing to let God stir the nest and begin to develop our character, we will never be the kingdom moving church that he's called us to be. And some of you have been wondering what's going on in your life and it's God wanting to develop your character. And God wants your life to glorify him. So he's not so concerned about how comfortable you are in the moment. He's concerned about your character in the moment. The Bible says this, sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And we love the joy comes in the morning, but you got to make it to the night, sister. You got to make it through that night. There's something crazy that happens when when you take photos and I was in photojournalism when I was in, in, in high school and I still remember this to this day. It's not like it is today when you pull out your camera and you take a picture and it's automatically there and you can email it or send it to somebody and, and y'all please by the spirit and the hand of God don't use them stupid filters, amen, right? 10 years you're gonna look back on your life with the little bunny ears and the nose, right? I mean, come on man, it's just I'm telling you. Okay, maybe that's a personal Joel thing, right? Right, come on, Pastor Miss still got my back. All your Instagram photos with the filters, right? It's cute when your kids do it at five, but you're 38. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I mean, it's, I'll even give student ministries a pass. But not the student ministry leaders. Train them up in the way they should go. Get them away from the raccoon filters. Come on, man. But when you would develop pictures... Come on, somebody. <laughs> When you would develop pictures, as you would develop pictures, there was to be something in the process that when you would take an actual photo, you would have to bring it into a dark room for it to develop properly and to come out with the results that you're looking for. We are and so if we're not willing to let God take us in the dark room for development... We may never come out and be the creation or the picture that he's calling us to be. 
Pastor Jeff sent me a text after first service and he said, Pastor Joel, did you realize this? When you take a photo, it's called a negative. But once it's finished and complete, it's called developed. See, some of you are afraid of the negative in your life. But the only thing the negative is doing in your life, it's creating a place of development in your life. And if you won't, come on, give God a hand clap of praise. And I'm not even saying God causes all the negatives, because he doesn't. But I am saying all the negatives have a promise from God with it. That he says, I'll make all the negatives work together for good to those who love me and are calling to, according to my purpose because it's the negative in your life that will bring you to a place of development in your life, a place of perseverance in your life, a place of sustainability in your life, a place of power in your life, a place of authority in your life that you'll never have if you don't go through the negative and let it become the development. So what about that uncomfortable situation you're facing right now? You can let it be an uncomfortable situation or you can let it be a character development in your life. And how you walk through the sorrow that lasts for the night will determine how quick the joy comes in the morning. Because you have nights that last for months. And you're still claiming the joy that's coming in the morning. But if you're always failing the test of the negative in the dark room, the development can't happen to get you to a place of joy in the morning. Walking with Pastor Mitch and Andrea through, through this journey, there's been a lot of development. And you guys are coming out looking good. And I declare that he's not finished with your picture yet. He knows what it looks like in the end. He's revealing it to you as you go. So I'm challenging you. If it seems like you're still in the dark room, girl, get ready because sorrow may last for the night, but joy's coming in the morning and you're going to survive the negatives because he's developing you to be the man and woman of God that he's calling you into. And Pastor Mitch has quoted me time and time again throughout this transition and discussion. And he said, Joel, the words that you said, I'll never fully see it looking forward until I stop and look back on what God was doing. But I'm going to keep walking forward because one day I know I'm going to look back and see why everything went the way it went. And God's going to develop me in the process. So what the mother eagle does is she stirs the nest. The Bible actually says it goes like this. The Bible says, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters, it gets its big wings and flutters and waves them, and like it's about to take off and fly over the eaglets where they get forced to the edge of the nest. And the way an eagle learns how to fly is like this. The mom and dad eagle, the male and female eagle, take off and they fly circles around. They fly circles around while the eaglet is at the edge of the nest to watch them and develop them and to show them how it's going to happen. And so then they begin to begin to flutter their wings. And as they leave the nest, the Bible says this, as an eagle flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, catching them. And lifting them up on its own feathers. See, you may fail the test of the negative the first time, but God says, I'm never going to let you down. 
That's why we sang king of my heart. He's never going to let you down. And though I jumped out of the nest and I'm trying to fly and my wings ain't quite working yet, I'm not fully developed yet, there's a God who's so gracious and loves us. He catches us on his own wings. Come on. Psalm 91 says he covers us with those same wings. He catches us with those wings. And as he's fluttering and I get to the edge of my nest and I begin to take flight. Because guys, this transition process. Mitch and Andrea are learning to fly. Chad Copel's learning to fly. Pastor Joel's having to learn how to fly. We're all getting pushed out of the nest. We're all to the edge right now. But you know what? He says he catches us with his feathers. He's not going to let the church fail. He's not going to let the church fall. It's his church, not my church. My trust is in him. My trust is not in me. My trust is in that he is a God who if he's stirring my nest, he's developing me in the process because he wants my character to be greater than my comfort. And as he's developing me in the process and as I begin to fly, he's going to make sure there's a day when I'm soaring on the high places of the kingdom like his word promises. So I want to ask you this. What is he stirring in your life? What situation is stirring? And some of you are thinking, oh, he's not stirring nothing. You're too comfortable. You're too comfortable. You're too comfortable because, listen, if you don't begin the process, he'll begin the process. What's he stirring in your heart right now? Some of you, he's telling you to get outside the village. I know the pillow's comfortable. I know the blanket's comfortable. I know it's nice in your box, but mainly everybody in your box is probably born again. And we need to reach those who are not born again. Mainly everybody on your Facebook friends agrees with you that Jesus is Lord, but what about the man or woman who doesn't? Will you get outside of your village, outside of your pillow, outside of your blanket, outside of your comfort zone, and begin to look at what God is stirring? And who he is stirring you for. Oh God, let us get it. God is stirring in this church right now. And he's stirring in this church because there's a region around us that is desperate for a movement of the kingdom of God. And if we're all happy and comfortable in this box, we're never going to reach him. So he's saying, Joel, you've been on cruise control. I'm stirring the nest. I'm going to press you to walk by faith. Again, and again, and again. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. But he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Spirit of God came on Pentecost and it caused a stirring in all of Jerusalem. 3,000 people got born again. Oh, that the Spirit of God would come on TWBC this morning and do a stirring. And our city would come to know Christ. Would you stand with me this morning? Some of you don't know about this God who's never going to let you down. So I want to tell you this morning that Jesus Christ is the real deal. Jesus Christ is the only transformational power that can make your negatives into a development process of a positive. Jesus Christ is the answer to every situation you're facing because he is good and he already went through it for you and for me Kevin he already took the the pain 
He already took the promises and brought them to the throne room of heaven. So your family can come to know Christ. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ, we got ministers stationed all around the, the auditorium this morning. We got ministers with lanyards that say altar ministry. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, I want you to meet him and I want you to know him and I want you to be transformed by him. And so if you don't know Jesus Christ, I want you to just begin to move right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, begin to move. Nobody looking around. So if you need to know Jesus, begin to take a step of faith right now. And go pray with one of these men and women who can lead you in a, in a prayer time of ministry and transform your life. This morning, somebody in the house, God's been stirring your nest. But Jesus is still good. And you need to sell out to him. You need to sell out and say, Jesus, I'm giving you my all. I'm not going to fight against you anymore because now I realize that you're not concerned about my comfort. You're concerned about my character. And as you're concerned about my character, I'm going to go with you because I need to make it through this moment in my life. If you need prayer for that this morning, if God's stirring in your life, stirring the nest, I want you to just begin to go and meet and pray with some people I'm all around. If you have any prayer requests, if you need a prayer of faith, a prayer of healing, a prayer of agreement, come to any of these ministers and they'll pray with you this morning. If you want to take the Lord's Supper line up between sections one and two and, and they'll serve you communion and the Lord's Supper over here. What's he stirring in you? Surrender your heart to an almighty God who's trying to bring you through to the other side. The altars are open. Here we go in three, two, one. Holy Spirit of God, we stir so this We're so glad mess. that you joined us here at TWBC. You are our online family. Right now, we want to take a special moment and invite you to say a prayer with us. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we want to give you the here at TWBC. You are our online family. Right now we want to take a special moment and invite you to say a prayer with us. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we want to give you the opportunity to make the best decision you'll ever make. If you need to make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, pray this simple prayer with us right now. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. I understand and receive the sacrifice that you made for me. I thank you that my sins are forgiven. I thank you that you paid the price, and I thank you now that you are Lord and Savior of my life. I believe that you have been raised again from the dead, and I thank you today I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I receive my salvation from this moment on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If 
you just prayed that prayer with us, thank you so much for joining us this morning and being a part of the family of Christ. We're so excited that you prayed that prayer with us and we want to say welcome to the body of Christ. We'd love to follow up with you. So if you prayed that prayer, send us a quick email or reach out to us through social media. We would love to get in contact with you and help you find a place of belonging wherever you're at if you can't make this your church home. Thank you again for being a part of the Way Bible Church and thank you for tuning in to this broadcast.